Uh, this is a message that's going to be uh, a little different from what you usually hear. I, you may never have had a subject like this before posed to you, uh, but it's going to be on emotional maturity. Um, and if I were to say to you, ask you, when you hear the word emotional maturity, what comes into your mind? Anyone want to share? When, when I say emotional maturity, what comes into your mind? Huh? Getting better with your emotions. Okay. Hmm? Controlling your emotions. Okay. Cool, calm, three C's. Cool, calm, and collected. All right. To be able to identify and grow. All right. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Not being so self-centered. Whoa, good one. Yeah. Aware of your emotions. Worrying about your own emotions, not somebody else's. Wow. See, this is just great. You know, you throw it out, and then you get all the great definitions together. Yeah. Yeah, seeing things from other people's point of view. Yeah. Yeah, not being in yourself, looking at the bigger picture. Wow, I don't have to do anything today now. It's all the... <laughs> but anyway, okay, if you were to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you put yourself... And just keep that number in your mind. And, and, um, but we don't go from a, say you rate yourself at a four or five. You don't go from a four to five to a nine. You go from a four to a five, five to a six, six to a seven. And this is a slow growth area because slow growth is true growth. And you'll grow in your emotional maturity uh, slowly but surely. So anyway, but there's so much scripture that encourages us to grow. So much is about maturity in the body. It talks about uh, not being babes anymore. It talks about getting off the milk. It, it talks about, oh, just growing with the growth that is from God. So it, it's God's in this. He really wants us to be growing here. Um, it's just not what we know. It's what we are and what we demonstrate. Okay, that's where we really want to go. So we'll move ahead from slide one to slide. Okay, can you be truly spiritually mature without being emotionally mature? When you think about that a little bit, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I think if you're going to demonstrate this life, it... it you know, you've heard the story probably, or you maybe know about a man who, or a, a gal who, they know the Bible well, they go to church on Sunday, but they readily admit they have a, a real temper at home, okay? And the, the man says, oh, I, I, you know, I know the Bible, I go to church, but, you know, it's something I have to live with. This temper is something I've always had, something I've got to live with. But the problem is it's just not him living with it. It's his wife and his kids and all the collateral damage that's done. So it's not just about him. And what do we do? How do we move on from there? That's the key. Okay. 
And you know, there are three types of sins or falling short. Um, there are sins of omission, things we should do that we don't do. There are sins of commission, things that we do that we shouldn't do. And then there are sins of bad disposition. And I want to talk about our disposition today, how we are, what we show people. Would people say to you that you're a person that's easy to be with? Or would people say that you're kind of a person like you have to walk on eggshells around? You know, you're, you're just a little bit high maintenance. You're hard to kind of be around a lot. Um, what would people say about you? Have you ever heard comments, feedback from others? Okay. Um, God's plan is in Romans 8.29 for us. And 8.29 says that we, as Rob talked about predestination a couple of weeks ago, we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Wow. So God, his plan was that we would become like Jesus. You talk about a lot of predestination kind of stuff, but this is the one we really need to focus on. To be like Jesus. That's why Jesus came. He came to demonstrate what God was like. And we are, our job, and God looks at us and says, come on, be conformed to the image of my son. And it's not that he's there with a hammer. He's rooting for us to be there. He's rooting for us to become like that. So that's the, that's the focus of God the Father. Um, so my question to you today is, will you allow God to do some excavation work in your lives? Okay. Will you allow him to drill down and make you more like Jesus? Um, will you allow work on your inner life so that it shows on your outer life? Okay. You know, this is a big thing because it's not just horizontally we're talking about. It's just not what we show the world, but it's what we show the heavenlies. It's what God sees that really matters. I want to just uh, have a scripture up here on the next slide. And it's really an important scripture to me. And, um, and this is in Ephesians, Ephesians 3.10. It says, we are made to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers and the heavenly places. Wow. The manifold wisdom of God. What is he talking about? Well, in that Ephesians, it talks about the Jews and the Gentiles coming together to be one people. We were grafted into the olive branch. But then it talks about this new person that is created. And this new person displays and demonstrates what God is all about. It demonst he demonstrates and she what the kingdom of God is all about. This person is seen by the world and it's also seen by the heavenlies. And remember, um, Paul talks about in Ephesians 6.12, I think it is, he talks about that we are fighting against powers, principalities, and world forces of this darkness. Well, in heaven, 
We are to be a demonstration. The manifold wisdom of God is being presented to the powers, principalities, and world forces. God's up there rooting for us, you see. He's wanting us to become like Jesus. He's, he's looking at us and he's wanting to boast in what we, what we are as a body. And I wonder what God says about us. I wonder if he's up there saying, look at my church. Aren't they beautiful? And he's, he's look, talking to all these principalities and powers and saying, ha ha, look at what they are. They're beautiful people, aren't they? And God's up there really, you know, rooting for us and boasting at us and saying, ha ha, look at, they're, they're really becoming like Jesus. And that's, that's what I believe God really wants to see, okay? So what matters on earth, it also matters in heaven. Okay, on the next slide. Now, how do we get there? God uses two things in our lives as Christians. He uses our gifts and he uses our fruits. Now, gifts are givens to us. We, we, God gives us certain spiritual gifts and the gifts are in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts are in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. These are gifts of the Holy Spirit God gives us to use and they're just impartations. They're blessings. They're, they're things we use to serve the body, to serve God. But the fruits are things we work out in our lives. They're character issues. Can you name the fruits with me? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Is that nine? hope so. Okay, but the thing is, look at some of those things. Self-control. Wow, you got to work at that, don't you? Patience, goodness, faithfulness, kindness. These are the things God wants to do, and we have to agree to allow God to do them in our lives. These are things that take work. They take time. It takes emotional maturity to get there. So gifts and fruits are the things God uses in the body to work out his purposes, to make us beautiful so that God can boast us and say, aha. And you know, you got to understand principalities and powers are amazed at this. They don't think human beings can rise up to this. Remember in Job, the story of Job, and what there was this big council in heaven, and Job was blessed by God. He had health, wealth, lots of kids. He had sheep, he had horses, he had every, not horses, right? <laughs> he had every camel, camels maybe, camel? Anyway, what he had, he had everything. And the devil just says, God says to, to the devil, says, look at Job, he's an example of what a man is like when he follows me, a man who has the Holy Spirit. And the devil says, just move all those things away from him. Take all those things away and you'll see that he'll curse you. What he was saying was that Job was following God because God was being good to him. But the answer was that Job was following God because he had a relationship with him. He saw God as his answer, as his friend, as his provider. He had a relationship, and the relationship was bigger than all the things that God gave him. And Job proved that, proved that. 
before the principalities and powers to God, and they must have been astounded to see this man stand in the midst of all this. Well, the same thing is for us. We're in a dark, dark world, as was said this morning, and we're to shine as lights in the world. And when we do that, we glorify God, we magnify his name, we, we display ourselves, we demonstrate who we are to the world and to the principalities and powers. So what I'm saying is this matters. What we are, what we do really matters. It matters now, and it's going to matter later. Okay? And what I've done is... Um, I've, I've in the insert today... Pete Scazzaro, who's a, a, we went to one of his conferences a few years ago, he gave us a list of what it is like to be an emotionally mature Christian. And please take those inserts home and read them over and look at them. And if you need to own one or two of those, just own them and bring them to God and say, God, help me in this area. I see I'm lacking here. I want to be a better person. The, one of my things in life was I always wanted to grow as a person. Even before I knew Christ, I wanted to get better. And so this was a driving thing I had in me. And I'm just wondering if it's in you too. Uh, take these home and look at them and pray about them and let God minister into your heart. And he will do a wonderful work. God is our greatest provider. He came to provide for us so we can have an impartation of his goodness and his life in us. And as we grow, we will see God providing and making us better people. Um, and my, my question to you is, there are two things. We're looking horizontally and we're looking vertically today. And one of the keys is, as men in our homes, men in our homes, we're talking about our dispositions, um, how are we doing as men in our homes? Are, are we priests in our homes to our families? What, would, what do our families see in us? What do our children see in us? Are we priests? Are we bringing God to our families and our families to God? What, what are we like in our home? That's a key thing. And also, how do we represent God to the world? So what I've done is I've... Um, I have chosen three of these um, three of the three of the most important ones I'm talking about for bed, good disposition. If you go to the next slide, right? What does an emotionally person look like or act like? Okay, and I've broken it down to three things: a person who considers others as more important than himself. Okay, key thing, key thing. And where is our example? Jesus in Philippians laid aside his privileges for us, became as nothing for us, looked upon us as more important than he was. So we have this wonderful prototype we can always look at and say, aha, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And then the second one is a person with good situational awareness and is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, This is one where it's so key to have God involved in your life. Um, for me, this was very important as a family therapist. I did in-home family therapy for 
years. And I never knew what was going to be on the other side of that door. Never knew. And every time I would let my guard down, it seemed like something terrible would happen. It, and I would stand in front of that door of that home, and I would pray Psalm 16, 8. I place the Lord ever before me. Because you're at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And I used to go into that situation knowing that I needed God to help me in that situation or I was going to be I was going to be caught off guard or I was going to be I was going to get in, into conflict. I was going to say the wrong thing. And I'm telling you to have good situational awareness is really important because we're going to be able to size things up quicker. And I know it, it's something that, you know, you get caught spontaneously off guard a lot of times in this thing. But, you know, if you have the presence of mind or the presence of spirit, just to step back and, and commune with God for a while and say, okay, God, now, uh, what, what do I need to do right now? How can I be sensitive to the situation right here? How can I be a problem solver instead of part of a problem? or part of a new problem that you create. So having good situational awareness is such a key thing in life. It's not just for your family, it's for the outside, it's for your workplace. It's, it's, you're going to have to be praying about this a lot because you can bring the right answer at the right time. And this is where emotional immaturity comes in. Okay. And the third one is a person who respects and validates others through active and reflective listening. Okay. Um, this is such a key thing. One of the keys in life, one of the most respectful things you could ever do is to be a good listener. There are so many people who don't feel heard in this world, and it has caused a lot of emotional damage. Your ability, your ability to be that active listener and the person feels so good talking to you. You've heard stories of how people were changed because a teacher just paid attention to them in class. A person who was discarded and marginalized, somebody paid attention to that person. It changed their lives. They became presidents of companies, people like this, because someone cared enough, someone cared enough to listen to them and say, aha, I hear what you're saying identifying with that person. So these three things I feel are the, really some of the groundwork we need to do. Considering others is more important. Like it's not about you, okay? It's about others. It's a person with good situational awareness and sensitivity that we pray, we go into situations and we learn this, this discipline. And the third one is, respecting and validating others and really paying attention to them. Don't passing them off quickly, but every little thing is important to you. Why? Because it's important to them. So those are three keys if you really want to approach this spiritual, uh, this emotional maturity thing. If you can move along, start with those things, you'll really be gaining on it. And I've chosen three of the lists to, to go over. And the first one is, and we can look at these for a little bit. People experience you as approachable, gentle, open, and transparent. This is evidenced by the way you receive criticism without becoming defensive. 
You easily admit when you're wrong and freely talk about your weaknesses, failures, and mistakes. Why do you think people are defensive? Can you have you ever thought about why someone was defensive? Yeah. Okay, sometimes people will use against you when you're real and show your weaknesses. Okay, all right. Okay, that's true. That's true. Can be. You'll know your audience pretty fast. But okay, as far as being defensive too, why why are people defensive? Your concepts of reality or truth are uh, threatened. You feel threatened in some way. Your concepts. Yeah. Low self-esteem. Yeah. Good, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Good. Okay. Right. Someone is pointing out what you already know about yourself and you don't like. Okay. Okay. All right. So defensiveness is a polarizing thing. You got to understand. You want to shut a conversation off get defensive fast, and it's done. You want to be a control, in control of things. You, you can get defensive and try to control people that way too. Okay, So I'm just saying, Pete is saying here, are you approachable? Gentleness is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Meekness isn't weakness. Meekness is strength, men. Okay? Open and transparent. Are you, are you someone someone feels comfortable with coming to or people dread just saying anything to you? Do you receive criticism? I mean, are, are you secure enough in yourself to receive criticism and to handle it and to accept it and to work on it? Uh, you know, in, when I was working for Raytheon, we had this one man who just would not receive criticism, and I remember him. And uh, but his he, his department started to fail because he wasn't listening to anybody. You know, we we got to be good listeners in this life. Okay, you easily admit when you're wrong and freely talk about your weaknesses. Now, that's a risk. That's a risk. But it's important. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna meet that person now and then who's gonna take advantage or try to, and you know that they're very insecure if they do that. But many, many people, many, many people are really gonna appreciate you for being real. They're gonna say, hey man, he's the kind of guy I want to work with, because he's admitting his weaknesses, and you know, and I want to always be that kind of person. You know, sometimes initially I'll not accept things. But in a minute or so, I'll think about it. I'll say, well, you know, that person's right. And I hope I always go back to them and say, you know, you were right about that. Anyway, okay, the next one is, the next one, Pete, you engage in conflict maturely. <laughs> we're not really good at this, are we? We're not really good at this. Um, okay, how do you get involved in conflict <laughs> And how do you become a problem solver and not part of a bigger problem? I just think we're afraid of our anger. 
we're afraid of what's really in there because we haven't learned how to express anger in the right way. So it comes out in the wrong way. We really haven't, we're, we're just not mature as a people. We have never learned to express anger in a right way. We, we want to get dirty with our anger. We want to throw the, our partner or other people under the bus. We just don't want to get angry at the situation. Talk about the situation, why I'm frustrated with the situation. We want to go at people and hurt them in our anger. And this destroys, this puts big gulfs in people. The way back then is so much harder, so much more difficult. You know, and if you want to resolve a conflict, say it's a conflict between you and somebody else, how do you do that? I mean, it's the hardest thing in the world. It's like you find your arm is frozen as you try to pick up that telephone. You say, okay, arm, do this. Your arm's not listening to you. Pick up the phone and you, won't, you can't do it. Or you're going to put yourself in a situation with somebody to get in there and take it. How do you get through those situations? You've all been in those situations where you're going to try to resolve conflict. Where is the emotional maturity here? There is one scripture I think will help. It's Colossians 3.3. 3. And it's, it's an amazing concept, and maybe one you've never thought of before. But it says you're dead, and your life is hidden with Christ. You know, if you're dead, you don't have any rights. You know, you, you're dead. You, you don't have reactivity. But the other part of the scripture says, God's got you covered. He's saying, if you trust in me, I will help you through this conflict. If you put it all on me, I will hide you, and I will get you through the conflict. You, you're dead. I'll take it for you. I'll take it on my back. And he's saying that we can get through conflicts if we really trust in him. We put it all on him, and we walk in it, and we do it, and we'll see God's victory. I'm telling you, there's a only, I don't know of any other way to go through this. And the last one is, the, you make loving others well a number one priority. Okay. You take the time to master learning new ways of relating as a Christ follower. For example, you learn to speak clearly, honestly, and respectfully, and how to enter other people's world by listening deeply without having to fix, change, or save them. You know, sometimes in evangelism, and, and I was the same way, is I'll, my, my thought of evangelism is getting that person to know Christ but the answer I have found is people don't care what you know unless they know you care. That's what I have found basically with people. And so I'm saying that we need to spend the time with people to, to get inside them, to know who they are, to know what they're, what they're, what's going on in them. And there's something beyond active listening here, it's called reflective listening, okay? This is a great evangelistic tool. People say, well, John, I'm lousy at evangelism, and many times I'm the same way. So where do you start with evangelism? You start with caring about the person. 
caring about who they are, what their pains, what their struggles are. And in a conversation, if you're keen, you'll pick up things from people as they're talking to you. First of all, you have to love people to some extent to carry on a conversation with them. I mean, if you don't love people, you're really not going to get involved with them. But just put your toe in the water. I was talking to a lady on the airplane just the other day, and uh, she sat next to me, and I said, okay, Lord, it would be nice if I had a nice rest here. If I could just have a little time of rest, you know, and a little, you know, and I just put my toe in the water and asked her, you know, some simple questions. And then I was talking to her for the next three hours. <laughs> and because she had, a, she had a broken marriage and she was at a point where she was stuck. She didn't know where to go, what to do. And all I was doing with her was feeding back to her what she was saying. So you're feeling this way today. So you're, you're struggling with this. You're in a lot of pain here. And all I did was keep feeding back and it just flowed and it flowed and it flowed. And God, and by the end of the conversation, we were praying together on the plane about her situation. And she was very, very open to pray. But it's because of the, it's one of those, and it's a fruit of the spirit, patience. And so we had time together to really, she had time together to really share with me her life. And her life, she'd been living in hotels for the last six months. And, uh, with the, and her husband just told her just the other day, he didn't want to be with her anymore, which was shattering to her. So this was a tough one for her. And a lot of times, I'm not good at this act of listening either. Believe me, it, it's not good because I'm at home a lot of times with Nan. And Nan is talking to me, and here I am. I'm on the computer. I'm watching something. And she says, John, just make a listening noise. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, give me an, an, a hum or, a <clears throat> or something just to know you're there. You know what I mean? And I, I'm as guilty as anybody with this stuff, you know? So, but it, it's me getting, and, and when she says that, I say, oh my God, I blew it again. So I, I put it aside, I say, okay, Nan, you are the most important thing in my life. I want to hear what you have to say, and I want to give you all of me right now, not 99%. I want to give you 100%. But Nan has to cue me once in a while because I just don't get it, you know? But I'm just saying it's, it's really key to get in there and to be with people where they are. It's such a key thing. So those are three of the things. And as the worship team comes forward, I'll, I'll finish up here. Okay. So these are three things out of that list. And please read that list over and pray before God. Say, okay, God, in myself, I don't have these resources. I read this stuff and... I'm really at a loss. But God, you'll be amazed at how God will come and help you to grow. When you become a Christian, you get the Holy Spirit. You get the helper. Boy, what a great word. He is here to help you from then on, to make you into that person you need to be to make you that person you were meant to be before the world came in and marred you and scarred you. And he will come and make you this whole person you need to be. It's a road to go. It takes time. But start now. Start now. And um, what we do really matters. What our attitudes are really matter. 
what our dispositions are really matter. So I'm just saying to you, and we'll wrap up after the worship time, I'm just saying to you, we need to display and demonstrate who we are to the world and to the heavenlies. Okay? Thanks.